It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside. Well, it is officially the holiday season here in New York. And what does that mean? It is cold. I mean, seriously cold. I was walking through Central Park today. Uh, since, for those that are unaware, I am currently unemployed. So if you have a job and you need somebody to do it, well, I'm here. But the other facet <laughs> of this, I can walk through Central Park during the day. And the reason I was in Central Park during the day was it's interesting because this past weekend, congratulations to both Barry and Caitlin Siegel. Uh, actually, Barry was called Barry was called Brian by the DJ, so that was interesting in its own right. But right, exactly. He marches in and they go, and congratulations to Brian and Caitlin Siegel. And if you know our friend Barry, if you know our friend Barry, then how absolutely anal Barry Siegel is, he yells at the top of his lungs. It's not Brian, it's Barry. <laughs> that is fantastic. No joke. It is, and, and to be fair, there was no videographer, so I'm not sure anybody has it on recording, but man, it was funny. But, so, I'm oh, going to, so I went to the wedding in, in Florida, and it was 75 degrees, and the weather was beautiful. And I broke my tooth. So I, I I don't know how I broke my tooth, but I broke my tooth. And so today I had to go to the dentist at around noon, and only, no joke, only 15 minutes ago at 5.15 was I able to talk again. The, they put so much Novocaine in my mouth, I was not even able to feel my cheek until 15 minutes ago. So, I feel there's a always, really good joke. There's a really good joke in there somewhere, but it's been yeah, a long day, and I just don't yeah, have you don't, it right now. <laughs> you, you don't got it. But the point being, nope. it is bitter and cold outside, which means it's bowl season here in the in, in Southern Shawn Sports Radio uh, Radio Land. So bowl preview this week. Next week we have. Well, I guess our preview of the big bowls because next week will be the big bowls, and it will also be our pre- our Hall of Fame preview from the baseball writers because it will be announced a week later, and then we will have our year in review the um, on New Year's Eve at some point. It will probably be earlier in the day, 
Probably like around uh, o'clock. No, that may be tough because I'll be on a flight to Florida. Well, then so we may we'll have, have it on Sunday. Yeah, we may. As we, we watch our beloved so- team, as we watch our watch our beloved football teams go into uh, golf golf world for God knows how many God knows how many consecutive years. Yes, but you know what? For the first time in a long time, the Jets did exactly what they needed to do this week. They lost. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting there on, on, on Saturday night at the, at the rehearsal there, oh, no, at the wedding, going, they're going to win this game. They're going to beat the Texans, and they're going to blow it again. And for those that follow at home, I am cheering for them to lose. And I think Seth is as well. But the problem is with five weeks ago, they had the number two pick in the draft, and right now they have the number ten because somehow they won some games. So you're doing exactly what we're doing. And do you foresee – I know we ask this every single week, but I'm going to ask it again. Is this the week Eli is benched? Because they finally lost. He played the whole game. Look, the whole team was miserable. Even Barkley went only 13 carries, like 31 yards. 45 yards, Is this the week Eli is officially benched? Is this it? Nope. Are we done? Nope. Nope. They're not going to bench him against the Cowboys. What if he's losing at halftime? What if he's losing at halftime? I don't think they're going to bench him. So if they don't bench him against the Cowboys, they only have one more game to go. Who are they playing in the final game? I believe it's the Eagles. It's 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 an NFC East team. I don't know which one. Well, I know it's not the um, Redskins because I know the Redskins play the Cowboys. Then so, so you bench him. So is the Cowboy game this week at home? I believe so. Which would give him. A, I don't think that they would bench him against against a, a division rival team. While the division well, then, doesn't play. Well, well then Kyle Laurie doesn't play again, or he doesn't play. Because they only have I'm two not, more games to go. I know. It just it feels like it's been going forever. But no, I understand that. Um, and again, I'm not saying I agree at all. You know my feelings, Benny. Like. But you ask what I think is going to happen. What I think is going to happen and what, what uh, Pat Shermer is going to do are two very different things. So you don't think he's going to get – you don't think Kyle Lord is going to play this entire season? Nope. Oh. I thought if he was going to play, they would have done this two or three weeks ago. While they were winning. Because, no, they were one and seven or two and seven at that point. Okay. Um, now, yeah, yeah, I don't, look, I could care less who wins the division. I hope whoever does get smashed by either the Rams or the Saints. But I I don't think, I do not imagine that the Giants would just concede a division, would, would, would concede a division. The only thing I can think of why they would do it, is if Dallas wins next week and the Eagles are eliminated from the uh, from the wild card, and Week 17 has absolutely no value, then they might. 
But if they can be a spoiler, I'm pretty sure they would. Well, that that's that's a little insane to me. Is that you have these guys? You have this guy that obviously is. Well, he's got to be tested, right? I mean, that was the whole point. And now, another year and another year. Straight year. Yeah. Yeah. And another one. By the way, by the way, I love what Peter King said today or yesterday. No, today on Monday, uh, football in America, football morning in Monday in America. Yeah, yeah. He said, and I quote. Among the teams that Joe Flacco may play for next year, your New York uh, football Giants. I uh, was the grin that I had from ear. This is before I went in for my oral surgery. The grin that I had from ear to ear, looking at that, thinking, "Oh, son, oh, son, <laughs> just ear, son, ear to ear, now. my friend, <laughs> ear to ear." The other option that he actually Well the other option was One of the other options Was him going to Jacksonville And and Taking over from Blake Bortles Because that's the type of quarterback That Tom Coughlin likes Well yeah it is the type of quarterback That Tom Coughlin likes But I mean yeah, I've been hearing this for weeks I, it, it horrifies me. The only positive I see out of it is this. If they don't draft a quarterback and they don't get Bridgewater and they need a one year and they don't trust Glorietta, you're gonna pay you're gonna pay Flacco a hell of a lot less than you're gonna pay Manning. I don't think so. Manning, I think you're gonna have to pay Flack I think you're gonna have to pay Flacco fourteen to fifteen million dollars to play. I don't think so. I don't think that you're, you're not going to because I think Manning is five million against the cap next year. I could be wrong, but yeah. I think it's five million. So if you're paying Flacco, yep. Assuming he assuming he gets cut, if you're paying paying, that means if you're paying Flacco fifteen million, you might as well just keep Eli. I mean, Flacco to me. The funny thing is, as much I did, as much as I dislike Flacco, Flacco tenure would have fit well. Flacco fit Coughlin better than Eli fit Coughlin. Big, strong-armed quarterback, you know, can throw in the winter winds in, 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 in at MetLife. He just wasn't very good. He had one great postseason, which led to a $120 million contract. Uh, what can I say? Um, I don't honestly know what I'm rooting for as a Giants fan. I really don't. I don't know if I'm rooting for them to get shorter. I think I want to see the quarterbacks that come out. Um, I don't know if Haskins is tough enough to handle Giant to handle Giant Stadium. I don't know. I don't know. But something I still wouldn't trade Barkley for any of his other quarterbacks. I wouldn't. Well, from all the Giants fans, aside from yourself, that I have talked to, they're all putting their chips in the in, putting their chips in the middle of the table in hopes that Haskins comes out. That is the general consensus among yeah. the Giants fans that I know. 
not Herbert. They don't want the guy from Oregon. They actually want the guy from Ohio State. And that may be because they just don't want – they don't want to trade up for Herbert as opposed to just staying where they are and hoping that Haskins comes out. But to me, if Haskins comes out, you got to trade up anyway. You're not getting him at 10. Well, first of all, let's get 40. We're not at 10, I think. And let's see where we are in two weeks. Because the odds are we're going to be 11. Right now you're at 10. Are we at 10? The odds are we're going to be 5 and 11. So that'll drop us down to somewhere in the 7 range. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. This is a defensive line draft. And, no, I don't – like, I also have a bitterness against Haskins, let's be fair, because you know where Haskins committed to, correct? Originally, Sean? He went to – yeah, he committed to Maryland. Right. Sean, for all of you who don't know this, Haskins was supposed to be the leader of the DMV movement. Made all all this stuff about how he was going to bring everyone to Maryland after he committed, and then decommitted with like a week. All right. So it seems like Seth is breaking up. Seth, you're you're breaking up, buddy. I'm hearing every other word again. So the point that Seth was trying to make is that Haskins was going to lead everybody to Maryland. So anybody from the DMV, which is the District of Columbia, Maryland, the Virginia area, was going to go to Maryland to follow this guy. DMV does not mean Department of Motor Vehicles when Seth (laughs) talks about it. Well, look. Those that those that are not in this on the Northeast might not know what the right. really means in, in the manner that you're yep. saying. So, so let's let's put this way, sports heads. If he, Seth is screwed because he's either getting Joe Flacco, who he <laughs> or he's getting a guy that turns his back on his beloved tournament. Either way, I will laugh. My bloody ass off to watch him root for one of these two guys, knowing what I know. But there's another thing that Peter King astutely said this morning. All of this talk about drafting, all of the mock drafts that we talk about today, they're crap, right? We don't oh, yeah. even know who's coming out. They're fun. We don't even know who's coming out. So, so it's fun to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. But. You know what? Haskins may not come out, and the Giants right. may win their next two games. And the Giants have never traded up, as far as nope. I can recall, ever. And I'm not even sure they've ever traded down. So the point being, if they're st- if they win their next two games and they're at 15, and they don't trade up, they're not. And these two guys come out, that ain't happening. It doesn't matter. You got the Buccaneers and you got the the Jaguars who might be in the top six picks. And if those two quarterbacks do come out and those two guys want quarterbacks, well, that's where they are. So, well, anyway. Tampa, I, I Tampa like, will be interesting. Now, Tampa will be interesting to see what they're going to do with Winston. Um, oh, because remember, gone. Dirk Coder is going to be – I assume he's so. gone. I assume he's so. gone. But so is the coach. Yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense. Jacksonville will go – so whoever signs Flacco may not go quarterback. But, yeah, you have pretty much when you look at these, these, these teams that are drafting in the top 10 to 12 in the draft, top 10 to 12 overall, 
There's only three that are most likely looking at quarterbacks, and that's Jacksonville, Tampa, and the Giants. Everyone else has their quarterback. And I I don't know. You could have the top three, which are Justin Herbert, Dwayne Haskins, and Daniel Jones from Duke, and all three are juniors and have already stated that there is a significant chance that they will come back to their alma mater, their school, which will leave you with nothing in this draft from a quarterback standpoint. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with that, but you're right. It, this is definitely a defensive sign of a draft that we haven't seen in a very long time. Uh, we have, I mean, you're, you may have 10 out of the first 15 picks, if not 12 out of the first 15 picks, maybe defense, because there's no dominating yep. running back, there's no dominating offensive lineman, and there's no dominating wide receiver. So, no, this, this I, is a straight I, defensive I, line draft. I love and how I, 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 I read Jets bulletin boards a lot. I read Giants bulletin boards a lot. And the Jets ones are all saying, well, we have to come up with a playmaker in the first round. Well, if they're looking for a playmaker in the first round, they better be talking on the defensive side of the ball. Because on the offensive yeah. side, they're just not there. They're just not there in this year's draft. And at least, look, let me put it this way. They're not there right now. Again, we haven't seen the tape. We haven't seen we, – we've seen the tape of what has happened. We have not seen the measurables. We have not seen the speed. We have not gone to the combine. All that plays into it. But based on the, the college season, the, at least the regular season, and we'll get into the bowls in a couple of minutes, the regular season that has just ended, there are no playmakers on the offensive side of the ball that are coming out this year. So, it's just no, that. There are, there, no, there are, look, there's always some, but just not ones you would take in the top 10 to 12. The wide out from Arizona State, I, I forget the name, forget the name who's skipping the ball, is going to go in the first round. Um, there's one or two others that may, but for all intents and purposes, this is a defensive line draft. This is Nick Bosa. This is Rashawn Gary. This is all four guys from Clemson. This is uh, Williams from Alabama. This is a defensive line draft. There's Ed Oliver from Houston. So, I mean, that's what you're looking at. And, look, both the Jets and Giants could use that. You know, that's not a, that's not a terrible situation for us. As long as we have our – you know, as long as – we have a quarterback that, you know, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. And I, I assume they're going to cut. I assume Eli is gone. But the way Shermer has talked about it, there's nothing really to confirm that. And maybe yeah. it's just because we've been in the midst of the season and he doesn't want to make that comment, which is completely understandable. But oh, he's, well, the com- as a giant fan, the comment- you know my feelings about Eli. That the comment would have been made if Kyle Lauria had already been the quarterback, right? I mean, you don't have to yeah. make it with you don't have to make it with a you don't have to make it with words. You can make it with a statement. The one thing that I was right. impressed with this week, look, Jets fans, it, we've been looking for, and I, I I use the term "we" because I am a Jets fan. I may not be a Jet, but I am certainly a Jets fan. Jets fans have been looking for a quarterback for a very long time. And 
we got a couple of years of Mark Sanchez, but at the end of the day, two coin eight uh came in term at the end of the day. We have not had a quarterback that can make every throw in the book since Vinny Testaverde. And before that, it was Richard Todd in 1979. We saw against Houston that, and I recorded the game and watched it later, we saw against Houston, Sam Darnold can do that. Sam Darnold is the guy. I, I, I really didn't like trading two second-rounders Three second rounders, excuse me, to move three up three rounders. spots. Three second rounders to move up three spots, and you know what? We may steal it again in this year's draft. But at the but if you told me I had my starting quarterback for the next fifteen years, and all I had to do was give up basically two second rounders because the other one had been acquired for Sheldon Richardson, I'd sign up for that every day, and I think any team would if you had your starting quarterback for 15 years. So let's talk about the most yeah. underrated quarterback. In the, let's talk about the most underrated quarterback in the NFL. And perhaps the most underrated player in the NFL. The only thing that he is the most of, of any quarterback, is kids. Look, you oh, brought up to me earlier this year. You brought up a, you brought up something that you said Philip Rivers is a Hall of Fame quarterback. You made that statement to me. You said that you said you said Roethlisberger is an NFL, a Hall of Famer. Rivers is a Hall of Famer, and Eli will talk about for a while. Okay. And at the time, I was like, Yeah, I get Roethlisberger. Yeah, I get what he, where Eli is. I'm not sure Rivers is a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, I, I'm coming around, my friends. You you got me. I mean, based on, based on what he did this year, he's going to – I mean, potentially they can have the one seed. It would take a lot for them to get the division and the one seed. But the point is, as far as I'm concerned, he's the MVP right now. It's not Mahomes. It's between him and Brady, him and Brady. He's right there. I mean, I, I think I, I wouldn't write off Mahomes as much. But, look, Rivers has had some interesting luck over the years, uh, to say the least. I've never seen a team with worse kickers. I've never seen a team have worse injuries at a worse time. I mean, think about it. Even this Kansas City game. You lose your all-star, your all-pro running back. You lose your all-pro wide out halfway through the first quarter. You come back from 14 down with Mike and Tyrell Williams. He has been very, very good for a long time. And, you know, we talk about the Pantheon, you know, we talk about it with the Baseball Hall of Fame more than with the Football Hall of Fame. But some of these quarterbacks that have made the, that have made the Football Hall of Fame – Rivers is simply a better player. The stats aren't really fair as a comparison because it's hard to compare quarterbacks in the 20 in this era to quarterbacks in the 1970s. I mean, you can't compare his stats to Joe Namath or to Bob Greasy. It makes no sense. But if you were one of the five or six best in the position for 15 years, and he has been, he's never been Breeze. I shouldn't say Breeze. He's never been Brady. He's never been Peyton. He wasn't Favre. He's not Aaron Rodgers. 
but he's in that half tier below. And with the only thing he needs, he needs to get to a Super Bowl, and I think he'll be in. Um, I think he's good enough. I think his talent has, has kind of dropped the ball on him a few times over the years. He's tough as hell. I'd like to see him make it. And I, I think he will, and this year may be the crowning achievement. I mean, look, all it's going to take is Kansas City to lose one more game and for San Diego to win out. Now, that's not overly easy because I know San Diego has Baltimore next week. I don't know the rest of the schedule. I'm not in front of, the, we're in front of my computer. But it's not undoable. It's not, it's not ridiculous. And I wouldn't want no, – I'd say with the home field advantage they have, but they also have no home field advantage. But well, I would not want to play them in the playoffs. They also need Kansas City to lose another game. Yeah, they need Kansas City to lose one game, and then San Diego needs to win out. I don't know. No, okay. So, hold on. I'm going to find out the schedule right now. Sorry about that, everybody. So, next week, week 16, Christmas week, uh, the Chargers play the Ravens, as you said, on Saturday, and the Chiefs play the Seahawks in Seattle on Sunday night. Okay. That's 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 not not, not an easy game on a Sunday night. Okay, so the 17th, which is always fun because it's the Jets and the Patriots in New England. Um, we have Chargers play at the Broncos. Not an easy game. Not an easy game in, in, in Denver, in the in December. And then I mean, you have the Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs at home against the Raiders. That's which a joke. Is basically that's a given, right? So there's no way that the, the, the Chiefs would have to lose this week against Seattle at home, which is possible. I, I, I don't put it past yeah. it. Okay. Okay, and we'll get some more of that next week because next week we'll know. That, look, at the, at the end of this week, it could all be over, right? I mean, San Diego could lose, and that's the end of that. And there's the number four seed, and we're done or the number five seed, and we're done. So we, we can thoroughly get rid of this. Um, but we'll know more next week, and we'll talk about that next week. I wanted to get to some of the bowl games that are happening between now and next week, and uh, then talk a little hot stove that's happened in the last couple of days. So, Seth, I know we've had a couple of games already occur. The one AA playoffs have already occurred, but uh, uh, tomorrow we have – UAB against Northern Illinois, and some of these, some of these, some of the bowl games are just the names are just funnier than the actual teams. So UAB sure. travels to Boca Raton at FAU Woo-hoo! football stadium to play in the Cherry Bundy. It sounds like uh, married with children. Cherry Bundy Boca Raton Bowl. Now I know absolutely nothing about either one of these teams. Uh, UAB is favored by two and a half, and the over/under is 42. So Vegas doesn't view this as a very high-scoring game. Do you, do you have any idea who anybody is on either one here's, of these teams? Yeah, there's only because here's the one cool thing about this game: is UAB stopped playing football two, about five years ago. They literally canceled their season, decided it was too expensive, and it was a huge uprising about this and it took three years to regenerate a program 
at UAB. And it started a lot. So UAB came back last year. And then in their second year of existence, they won their, they won their uh, conference championship beating Middle Tennessee State, which I think is a pretty cool story. Um, I don't know much about the players of UAB. I think the coach's name is Bill Clark, because I think he's been – or he was kind of out there for some other coaching jobs. Um, but this is a pretty cool story. So based on that simply alone, I'll, I'll pick UAB. Because my knowledge of Northern Illinois, I think, reverts back to Michael Turner. Other than that, I, and they beat Maryland twice. Other than that, I really don't know too much. Okay. So let's go on to the DXL Frisco Bowl, which is played not in San Francisco, as I would think, because it's called the Frisco Bowl, but rather it's played in Frisco, Texas, at the Toy- Toyota Stadium. I didn't even know there was a Toyota Stadium. And I have no idea where Frisco, Texas is. So I'm going to, do you have any idea? I'm going to go look this up. Do you have any idea where Frisco, Texas is? I, I assume it's somewhere near, next to Angeles or next to Diego. <laughs> so Frisco, Texas, this is, this is an entertaining portion of our program. Frisco, Texas is about six oh, miles, right. miles north of Dallas. Right next to Plano, okay. which is where um, oh. Plano. Yeah, right next did you to Plano, Texas. Job, did you interview for a job in Plano, Texas? No, I interviewed for a job. Hold on, let, let me figure out where that was. In Longview, Texas, which is did you actually. Know I know my best friend? Yeah, so Plano is actually. I interviewed for a place. Wow, 137 miles. East of Plano, which gives me so much to see where the heck I was. Well, what what I'm actually very interested in is how many people does the Frisco, Texas Toyota Stadium hold? Because that's got to sound like, oh, it's okay. So Toyota Stadium is actually the is the FC to the MLS Stadium for. So it holds about 25,000 people. Okay, so that makes sense. Because why would you have a stadium 60 miles north of Dallas unless it was a high school stadium? Well, the answer is it's an MLS stadium. So, okay. In this bowl game, you have San Diego State versus the Bobcats of Ohio. So the Bobcats of Ohio are favored by two and a half. Now, what I've noticed is that each and hold on, nope, hold on. So sixty percent. So about three quarters of the games that I will read off today are all favored by two and a half. Like somebody, <laughs> like the, the somebody just said, all right, somebody's got to be favored, so we'll just give it a field goal, just so we can have something to bet on. So Ohio is favored by two and a half. Ohio is eight and four. San Diego State is seven and five. Now that we know where Toyota Stadium in Frisco is, do you have any idea about anybody on either one of these teams? I actually know the coaches, and one of them you will as well, because these are probably the, it's probably yeah. the oldest coaching oldest coaches combined in a bowl game. Toyota State, the guy named Rocky Long, who has been around for he was an assistant forever and kind of coached lower tier. The head coach of Ohio University 
it's Frank Solich, which you oh. probably remember from Nebraska. And Ohio State. So he's been there for, and where? Ohio State, was it? Oh, no, he went to, no, he went to Youngstown, right? He was the Youngstown guy? <laughs> no, you're thinking of Jim Trestle, who went to Ohio State. Uh, and young coach uh, no, Frank Solich uh, was the guy who replaced Tom Osborne. Right. So he went back to Ohio University, which I think where he's from, uh, after he was fired in Nebraska 15 years ago. And best thing about this is Ohio University is the best Halloween party in the country. As someone who's there twice and barely remembers either either time, but tried to write a Simpsons episode based upon it. Good times had by all. Um, they rub off the city. People get really, really drunk. I enjoyed it a lot. I was a sober guy. <laughs> I was the only one over 21, so someone had to drive. Um, but I Wait, have no you were the only one over. Hold on. You were the only one over 21 and somebody had to drive? Last time I checked, you could drive at 18. Yeah, the guys who were 18 were not going to be the people who were going to be driving. All right, fair enough. So, uh, okay, yeah, so it, it was an interesting time. So, based upon my, my to, love of Ohio University, I'll go, with, I'll go with the Bobcat. If you'd like to call in, 760 And relive your childhood as well, or your teenage years as well. Okay. So, uh, on Thursday, December 20th, We Are Marshall plays the Bulls of South Florida in the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. Woohoo! These are awesome. There's a there's a, there's an article on SB Nation about the best 40 names of bulls. If you can find this it, is, I would highly advise reading it. It's hysterical. This is awesome. So this is played at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. So South Tampa. Florida sure. isn't going very far. South Florida isn't going very far. Marshall is favored by two and a half because of course they are. So Marshall's eight and four. South Florida is seven and five. First, do you care? And second, who's going to win? Why would I possibly care? Um, Charlie Strong, the only, I, root, I root for South Florida because of Charlie Strong, who I think is a, he's like a class act and a, really, and a pretty solid coach. He's the coach of South Florida. They've lost five games in a row, so he's not exactly kicking ass and taking names out down there, especially compared to his UCF uh, counterparts. Um, I know deeply about Marshall, except Matthew McConaughey was a heck of a coach for them back in the day. So, <laughs> I don't think I'm Florida. Yeah, you didn't think I – I'll go with USF. Okay. So, on Friday, December 21st, at the Makers Wanted Bahamas Bowl. So, Woo-hoo! I guess it's Makers Wanted. Thomas Robinson Stadium in Nassau. So they're playing actually in the Bahamas. You know, I got to tell you, this is wasted. Do you wish Syracuse was playing in that game? No, but Florida International goes to the Bahamas Bowl? They get to <laughs> all way. the time. What Seriously. Send, send Detroit. Send the team from well, North Dakota. Don't send the team from Florida. Hold on. Hold on. They played Toledo. 
<laughs> so Toledo well, is seven and five. So, so Toledo is favored by six and a half. And this is actually the highest over-under, I believe, of all the games. Oh, no, there's one more. Um, 61 and a half points they expect in this game. Uh, first, again, do you care? And second, who's going to win? I care because I want to see, the, I wanna see the, the shots before the game and during the game on the beach, of the beach, so I can cry a little bit into my little hobble in, in Hoboken. Um, how would I possibly care? And I'm going to say Toledo because I don't think any school from Florida should ever have the right to go to a bowl game in the Bahamas. That is fundamentally wrong to me. Unless they, go, okay, unless they go to a top six bowl, right? If they go to a top six bowl, yeah, right. but that's not going to be in the Bahamas. Right. Okay. Fair. Okay. So Saturday. So now we're on to uh, we're still on Friday's games. We got a couple more. So at the famous Idaho Potato Bowl in Albertson Stadium, Boise, Idaho. Oh, you, really? Western Michigan against BYU. So here's my thing on this. If you're going to have a famous Idaho Potato Bowl, you should have to send two teams from Florida or Texas. <laughs> Yeah. Like there's gonna be rules around this stuff. Like, but here's the thing. Anyway, yeah. The, the thing with this is though, maybe they take BYU because the, the Mormons are such nice people that maybe they're the only people who wouldn't complain about going to freaking Idaho for a bowl game. Yes, and also you have to understand, ladies and gentlemen, you have to understand that these bowl games—they're not just there for teams. They're trying to make money, right? So BYU and Western Michigan may, fans may sit outside to go to a bowl game as opposed to Florida well, fans. BYU, that, maybe, that, they can, maybe they can do some of their missionary work in Idaho. Well, BYU's got a 12-and-a-half-point spread here. So I'm going to take BYU just because if Vegas thinks they can win by over a touchdown and a field goal, I gotta think they're gonna win the game. I think that's extraordinarily profound. Thank you. Okay, so now like we're going coach. to the, Birm- the Jared Birmingham Bowl. So you know you got to go to Jared, right? So this is like diamond ring stuff. This is in Birmingham, Alabama, at Legion Field. We're on to Saturday's bowl game. Memphis plays Wake Forest. So neither team really traveling very far. Wake Forest at six and six, Memphis at eight and five. Memphis is favored by three and a half. Well, first of all, can you imagine if I went if I went to Jared's for my for my wife's ring? Yes, I you can. Have turned around and sent me back. <laughs> I can absolutely imagine that. I would love it. I would love to have been a fly on the wall for that. Yeah, that that wasn't happening. Um, Memphis. Led by Coach Mike Norvell, who should be a should be in a power, should be moving up in the next year or so. I thought he would have after last year when they played UCF so tough twice. Um, I think Danell Henderson is a running back. He's one of the top three or four. I don't know if he's playing in this or he's just skipping for the draft. But based on him alone, Wake Forest is pretty damn mediocre. So I'll go with Memphis, who's going to be more motivated for the game. Okay. 
So here we go again to more teams that should not be able to play where they're playing. At the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl game in Armin G. Carter Stadium in Fort Worth, Texas, obviously you have one team from the Armed Forces, and that's Army, and they are playing Houston. Now, I don't really like Houston playing in Fort Worth. I think that's a home, home field advantage. But Army's 10-2 and two and look really good against Navy. And Houston is 8-4. Uh, I'm going to take Army in the Armed Forces Bowl just because they should win the Armed Forces Bowl. Well, Ed Oliver, who's probably the best player in the country, um, isn't playing because he's sitting right. out for the draft and because he doesn't like his coach, Major Applewhite, very much. Um, Houston's kind of underachieved the last couple of years. And if the best run stopper in the country isn't playing against the team that runs the triple option, I kind of like the chances of the triple option. I'll go with Army. Okay. So moving on to the Dollar General Bowl game, which you don't get in for a dollar. You get in for as low as 19, it looks like. In Mobile, Alabama, they have, Troy is against Buffalo. Buffalo went 10-3. and three. That's an impressive. That's an impressive year for the Buffs. There is no and spread Detroit, on this game. It's, it's just it's an even spread. No, it doesn't even say it. There's, there's, there's no, no line. There's no line. I bet it's because they didn't know if the coach from Troy, Neil Brown, was going to end up taking another position. Troy beat okay. LSU last two years ago. Beat Nebraska last year have really been some pretty big giant killers. Um, Ashley, I think took Clemson to overtime last year. Um, Buffalo has had a really nice year at 10-3, and they have a guy who I think is going in the first round of the draft. Between them and the NFL, them and Buffalo in college basketball, who's playing Syracuse tomorrow, and is actually higher ranked than Syracuse. I know. I know. Um, I know. Hey, you're higher ranked than we are. Um, I'll go with I'll go with I'll go with Fugolo. Plus, it was my dad where my dad went to college, and he always talked about Bocce's wings. So, based on having better Buffalo wings, we're going with, we're going with the uh, the Bison. Okay, one more lower tier bowl uh, occurs this Saturday, the twenty second, and then everything else happens after Christmas. Hawaii at the first of all, it's the Sophie Hawaii Bowl. Well, no kidding, at Aloha Stadium. Which Hawaii, I think, is always played in, right? I mean, that that's a given, right? There's no uh-huh. unless they're a top six, top six bowl game. There's no way they're going anywhere. Uh, and Louisiana Tech has. Would you leave Hawaii at, if, you, if you could? But I'm saying, and but I'll tell you an interesting story. Syracuse was supposed to play in the Hawaii the Hawaii Bowl. Uh, my I believe it was my freshman year, the year that we did not get in. It was going to be if we beat. West Virginia on Thanksgiving weekend, we went down to the Carquest Bowl, which no longer exists, and that's in, I believe it was in Orlando at the time, and if we lost, there was an, a chance, a chance, that we would have gone to the Aloha Bowl, and believe it or not, the whole band was rooting against us winning, just so we could all go to Hawaii. However, right, but we lost. So now you have a chance to go to the Aloha Bowl, except for the fact that Syracuse made two decisions that day. First of all, they said they would not take a band to Hawaii, 
because it would have cost yeah. too much, and they didn't make the Aloha Bowl. So if they had made the Aloha yeah. Bowl, we weren't going anyway. So so we should have rooted to win the game and got to the Carquest Bowl instead of going Wait. on a chance to Hawaii, Wait. which, which no. we never did. Oh, uh, we didn't go anywhere. That was the only year I did not go to a bowl game. Uh, I went to six bowl games. Like that. that was that was the only year I did not go to one. Uh, so okay, so who, you know what? Who I had Hawaii, playing? Hawaii is playing uh, Louisiana Tech. Okay. Yes, Louisiana Tech, and it's an even spread, so you can pick whoever you want. Oh. Carl Malone's not playing in the game, I'm assuming. No. I don't think Hawaii's seen Kim Chang or uh, June Jones or anywhere. So, based on if I lived in Hawaii, if I lived in, in Shreveport, Louisiana, and I got a chance to go to Hawaii for a bowl game I really wouldn't give a crap about, but I get to hang out in Hawaii, yeah, I don't think, I'd be, I, I don't think my motivation would be really on the football game. So based on that astute yeah. analysis, I'm going. I'm going with the uh, the rainbows. Okay, I'll take that as well. So that is our football lineup, at least for <laughs> until next week. So it is a glory. If nothing else, that this just tells you how ludicrous the concept of all these bowl games are. Because I, I don't care about one of them. I'm not even gonna for. And it goes even more so when it comes down to the fact that, look, if I'm a Jets fan, I want to watch Ed Oliver, right? Because he may play on my team next year. Like, that's at least something that I can say, okay, when you and I talk about the fan, uh, talk about our mock draft, I can say, well, I saw Ed Oliver in the whatever bowl game he's in. Or I saw Will Greer in in the bowl game in the Alamo Bowl against Syracuse or I saw X or Y in their various bowl games. But the latest trend, and I don't have any problem with this, is for these players to bank out. Do you, I don't have any problem with this whatsoever. I think this is the exact right move professionally for these guys. And it does suck. It sucks for you and me not being able to watch these guys. And it certainly would suck if Eric Dungey said, you know what, I'm just not going to play in it. And it takes away a little bit, I think, that if Syracuse wins, they don't beat Will Greer. Well, we're still going to win, so it doesn't matter. So, But the question is, do you have a problem with Ed Oliver at all? And I put them in a class act, class think, action. And do you have a problem with them begging out of these games? Yeah, do you have a problem with them begging out of these games? No, it's, uh, I agree, it sucks. But when you see what happens to Jalen Smith, you see what happens, ah, uh, damn it, the uh, the Michigan tight end who went to Denver. Um, you Jake Butt. Thank you. You know, what's going to be really interesting is, you know, look, Syracuse-West Virginia game would be a lot more interesting if Will Greer was being there. I would give you a, m- a lot more gap if you beat if you beat them with Will Greer. But what's going to happen in a year? What's going to happen if this year Clifford Etienne says, I'm not going to play because I'm going in the draft, playing for Clemson? When you're talking about the playoff, 
and people start to do this, that's where it's going to get real. That's where there's going to be some hard feelings. Because the problem is, you know, look, the play, we all agree the playoff was probably needed. And, but the problem is, other than the Rose Bowl and maybe one or two other bowls, the other ones don't mean anything. So why should, you know, Jalen Smith live in a top three pick in the draft? Why should, you know, you know, look, he played against Ohio State, I think it was a Cotton Bowl, it's a legit bowl. But in retrospect, you think, I mean, you see people who, tear, who get injured, you, you, we've watched the game for years, it, sometimes it, you have to make a business decision. Yeah, I, I, I don't have any problem with it. And quite frankly, I wouldn't have any problem with it if they did it in the playoffs either. Not one bit. For the exact – look, these guys are getting insurance now on their careers, and I get that. Jalen Smith had it. I don't think Jake Buck had it. But guys like Willis McGahee, right? I mean, Willis McGahee dropped to number 21 with a torn ACL, and I believe he tore his MCL. What would he have been if he was healthy? I mean, a top five pick, easy, right? And that's when there was no salary cap for draft picks. I mean, you're talking about $30 million right then and there. Now you have salary caps, so you're kind of, okay, you're, you're losing. Jalen Smith, I believe, lost $10 million on his first deal. It's still earth-shattering money, life-changing money. So I don't have a problem with it. Do you foresee players in the playoff? Two, four, eight teams, doesn't matter, eventually doing the same thing? I think it'll be a lot harder to justify. Um, Why? I Why think it'll happen. No, 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 no. Not from a finance. I think it'll be harder for an 18-year-old kid to face up to a school that has never oh, won okay. a national championship before. You know, if UCF made it in the four and Mackenzie Melton didn't get hurt and said, hey, you know, I'm glad we got, I got you here, guys. Best of luck. I'm, going, I'm, I'm training for the pros. I think it would be very, very difficult for these schools to swallow um, and for the fans that this up. I don't think – I think fans understand. If it's not – if it's short of the playoff, I think they get it. But I, I think you're going to have a lot of trouble – It'll be very difficult to swallow otherwise. Okay. Before we before we get off the uh, college football bandwagon here, um, we never talked Heisman, and we never talked Coach of the Year. So Heisman goes to Kyler Murray, the right pick or the wrong pick? Should it have gone to 2 Probably. Um, both had extraordinary years. The issue being, simply put, that Kyler played in a conference that doesn't play defense. Um, now the SEC, the SEC was not fantastic this year. The SEC, to be honest, hasn't really been fantastic in a while, short of your two or three big teams. Um, but the defense is is better than what you see in the Big 12, which is just horrifying. So based on that, ten and a half amazing games, ten, ten amazing games in one, and probably trumps 
Murray for me, but I don't see a huge controversy on, on, the, on the call. Okay, and the coach of the year was um, announced this week, and that went to Brian Kelly. Um, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, look, they went 11-0, and a team that was against a solid schedule, a team that was not expected to be, that was expected to be 8-3 yet again. You know, would I have maybe looked at a Mike Leach? Yeah, maybe. But Notre Dame, I think Kelly's probably the right call. They beat good teams. They took away any controversy that they belonged. And, you know, there, there wasn't too many in-betweens this year. You know, you look, there, were very, there was very little controversy for this, for this year, for the top four. You know, Georgia, you know, Georgia had two losses. Ohio State lost by 30 to a non- to a non to an unranked team. Oklahoma was a four seed, went eleven and one, and went eleven and one, and you know beat the other beat the other team that beat the team in a rematch, the conference championship. There was no great, sensational, unbelievable coaching job where you look at, you know, unless you want to say Josh Heupel at Central Florida, but Scott Frost got a lot of the credit for that last year. I mean, Heupel deserves some love, but you're probably not going to be a national coach of the year when the team is undefeated the prior year. So, Seth, let me let me throw this at you. You tell me where where you go, and I'm not playing the homer card here, but I'm going to play it a little bit. So, Tino Babers, supposed to be last in the ACC, last picked, picked to be two and ten, goes nine and three overall. I mean. You got nine and three teams in the ACC, and granted, the ACC is not the greatest conference in the world. I get that. And you have an eleven and one Brian Kelly. Is there? A, should there have been any consideration for my boy Dino? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Correct. Look, that's a hell of a year. That is a hell of a year you guys had. A hell of a year. Because I will. Because I will tell you, he did not. He did not even win ACC Coach of the Year. Who won the ACC is, Coach of the Year? Dave O'Sweeney. Oh, come on. Yep. No he coached that defense to a 12-0 and record. That's silly. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Okay, we have five minutes left. Would you like to go first or you want me to go first? You can go first. Okay, so I got a couple of things. Final. Okay, so you've heard me lament the Mets and their new GM, Brody. I can't remember his last name, but I just call him Brody. So Brody seems to like to tweet a whole lot. And more and more, I'm getting more and more alerts on my phone that Brody has tweeted in the middle of the night than any other GM I've ever seen. However, the tweet that I got two nights ago made me smile because the Mets were all about getting a catcher. They were all about trading all their prospects. And for the first time, they didn't have to give up a draft pick. They didn't have to spend a gazillion dollars doing it. They go out and get Wilson Ramos for two years 
and $19 million. Let me tell you something. Even if Wilson Ramos sucks, even if he absolutely sucked in the first year, and he was an all-star last year, but let's say he sucked, $19 million is nothing in Major League Baseball. Nothing. So two years, $19 million, well done. One more thing, and I'll hand it off to Seth. For those Syracuse fans that wanted a Christmas present, congratulations, you got it. Because Dino has re-signed. In fact, there was a a, uh, a board, an advertising board, in, um, in Syracuse on Route 690. And it says, all I want for Christmas. And then it has Dino next to it and says, nope, we got it. Spot on. An extension will not necessarily keep him for the rest of his career. We've talked about this before. Sooner or later, an Oklahoma, a Clemson, a Texas A&M, maybe even a Florida State will come poaching. I don't think Dino's here for 10 years, but I think two or three more might actually happen. So I am an extremely happy camper. And, again, next week we'll talk to you on Monday, Christmas Eve, um, not sure what time, but we'll get that out as soon as we can. Seth, you got four minutes. Go for it, buddy. Okay. We've talked over the years about the ineptitude of the New York Knicks front office. I am proud. Now, I am not a Knicks fan, and I have gotten a good laugh over the years, often at Sean's expense. The ridiculousness of what's gone on at MSG. Congratulations to you, Nick fans. You've now been trumped by this, as the stupid, as the no, no longer being the stupidest front office in the NBA. Can someone explain to me how three teams could come up with this deal and mess up the first name of the player? Couldn't make this up jokingly. Albert Brooks. I mean, give me a break. DC, you know, well, Ernie Grunfeld. Leon says, must love love Ernie Grunfeld, or Ernie's got some really weird pictures of Ted. Because this team is a disaster. And for Washington and Phoenix, I mean, Leon says, look, he's, he's done a nice job with the Caps, always keeping them competitive. But they've been a, they've been a disaster uh, in, in, in the district. Robert Sarver has destroyed the Suns. And Robert Perry, who's the, who's the owner of the Grizzlies, has really not been particularly well thought of out of what I know in around NBA circles. But can you imagine all three – all three teams mess this up on on a name. Hey, Miami, I want to trade for James. James Jones? No, I, I meant LeBron James. Okay. Whoops, my my bad. Come on. This is high school. This is BS. Be embarrassed. And that's why. Because you get this right. What is your real expectation? You're going to get anything else right. This is sad. Funny, really funny. The good part about this, at least for Knicks fans, is while they may be the worst 
run team in sports. If you check out ESPN today, there is actually hope in that Jim Dolan has said he might sell the team. Now, does anybody have a spare $5 billion around? Because if they do, that would be awesome. For Seth Kamen, this is Sean Palmer, BackSportsPage.com, Blog Talk Radio. And we'll see you next week, everybody. Stay warm in the U.S. Have a good one, everybody, or enjoy the Bahamas Bowls, you lucky Bahamas Bowl, you lucky bastards. Bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.